Jim Shoemaker and David Rochester are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. The common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. We've got a program today that I think is going to be extremely important for you to listen to because bottom line is we're going to be talking about three subjects that deal with your day-to-day life, things that you're going to be facing with either Either you're dealing with it today or it's going to be something you got to deal with in the next couple of weeks. Here's the three subjects, and they're three very, very critical subjects. First of all, we're going to talk about what's going on in our city and our nation when it comes to scams, people that are taking advantage of people. In fact, I was just reading from, I mean, this is literally from the unemployment Dot com. I mean, it's just people that are saying, here's what's happened. 394,000 Americans in 2020 had their identity stolen. That is amazing. And what it is, we're talking about being quarantined. We're talking about all the issues. Now we're beginning to step out into socializing more. And guess what? Scams are on the rise. I've got Daniel Irwin. He's going to be with us. He's from the Public Relations Department, Better Business Bureau. Coming up after that. Are you ready to retire? So many people are given, being given the opportunity to retire early or some are saying, hey, I just don't want to think I want to go back and face the day to day. And so David Rochester's here. He's going to bring us some thoughts and ideas about kind of the thought process. Are you ready to retire? Uh, you don't want to miss that part. David Rochester, he uh, he'll bring us, he'll walk us through that very, you know, very easy to understand. About four or five points. We've got a PDF also. We're going to talk to you about. And in the last part of the program, Effie Johnson and Anna Wilcox are here from the Neighborhood Christian Center, and they are going to help us understand our city, how you can participate in helping us come out of this pandemic, and how do we socialize, and what are the needs for the kids going back to school. So Neighborhood Christian Center in the last half of the hour. Stay with us because uh, you won't, don't want to miss any of that program. But first and foremost, let me introduce Daniel Irwin, Director of Public Relations from the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. Welcome to the program, Daniel. Thanks for having me. You know, you've been with me before. You always do a good job with this idea behind what in the world is going on. And, I mean, I guess I'm impressed to know that uh, scammers are just uh, doing a good job. I mean, there are, you know, it's good to know we have crooks all the time. That's the bottom line. Well, it's a constant. Uh, they've always been here. They're always going to be. They're just going to change their tactics. And, and I, you know, I, there's so much going on. I mean, when we talked last, you talked about some of the, the scam tracker that had really just gone out, just skyrocketed. And is that trend still working? Is it still going? It is. I mean, so far this year alone, we've had 587 reports. Is that here in the Mid-South? That's here in the Mid-South, 587 reports. But for a total dollar loss to the Mid-South of $383,000. Ouch. Three hundred and eight. Did you hear that number? Now, now, listen, folks, this is important because what Daniel's going to do 
Not only is he going to wake us up, because that just woke me up, no question about it, but the reality is he's going to give us some tips on what we need to be avoiding. But, Daniel, you're talking about, compare that to last year. So this time last year, in 2020, we had had 550, or excuse me, 458 reports for a loss of $89,000. So that's a 30% increase in the number of reports, but more than quadruple the amount of money. Well, they're just going after big money. I mean, you know, I, I, and the thing about it is we're, we're all vulnerable. I have to admit that for the last three or four weeks, five weeks, it seemed like I was getting a call or an email about my direct TV bill, that I was such a good customer that I could get a 50% discount. Now, I, I didn't give them, I didn't call them, I didn't respond to the email. Well, one of our, one of our remotes quit working. So I picked up the phone, called DirecTV, and said, I need to order a remote, okay? And I said, oh, by the way, you know, can I ask you about this 50% discount? The guy was deer in headlights, had no earthly idea. And he said, we don't have an offer like that. I knew. I said, I didn't think you did. But, you know, I mean, now the consistency of that scammer, actually I begin to say, you know, I ought to try to get that 50%, you know, 50%. I'm such a good customer and that's what they do they're constant they stay at it they're beating you over the head and part of the problem is is you never know what to believe and you don't what, what's real and what's not um these imposter scams that we're going to talk about a little later uh it's it's so hard to tell it's it's hard to differentiate between what's real and what's not and the more you get these constant calls the more and more you're always wondering in the back of your head is this is real? this real fedex has got one that's got a not fedex the company but there is an imposter that's a, that's go, acting like fedex right several local police departments actually issued a warning a couple weeks ago about a, uh, a surge in FedEx imposter calls. Um, and it's actually happening all over the country. Uh, but it, it, it hit the Mid-South. And obviously, with it being FedEx, it's extremely important to us here in Memphis. Uh, we had 287 reports nationwide. There were several people in California and Illinois that lost over $10,000. Wow. wow. Um, Basically, FedEx is never going to unsolicit or call you and, and ask you for money for your package to be delivered. It sounds like a no-brainer. It sounds like it would be, you know, hard to fall for. But again, it can be so convincing, and it's just hard to know what's real and what's if not. If you use the word FedEx or Amazon, I mean, everybody goes, oh, it must be, you know. I mean, I got a FedEx package or something. That's what's the problem. And, of course, DirecTV made me go, hey, DirecTV, it sounded good. Right. That's, and it's a popular brand. No, that's the problem. Well, if you just tuned in, my guest, Daniel Erdwin, he is the Director of Public Relations with the Better Business Bureau. We're talking about really some of the scams that you see here going on right now in the Mid-South. And when he gives me a number of $383,000 that's actually happened, that's since January the 1st of this year through through July, the month of yes, July. Sir. Through yesterday. Through yesterday. Wow, $383,000. And we expect that total to rise. Well, uh, you know, okay. I mean, uh, there, I, you told me in preparation for the program there's one about TDOT. You know, I got to thinking about this. If TDOT call me, I hate to tell you, I'm not expecting a call from TDOT. Right. But if they call me, I, I, I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them information. But, man, that would be hard not to enter into a conversation because it's TDOT. Right. And, and the, the particular scam you're referencing, uh, there were calls, but there are also text messages. So that's another layer of it. It makes it harder because you're not really talking to someone. You're getting an official-looking text message from TDOT. And it's really, you know, it, it, can be, uh, it can be, again, hard to understand what's real and what's not. 
But information is the key. In this particular situation, it's important to note TDOT, or the Tennessee Department of Transportation, has nothing to do with driver's license. That's the Tennessee Department and, of Safety and Homeland Security. And they were asking for safe, for driver's license information. Correct. To validate your driver's license. <laughs> but if wow. you're not careful and you don't know, it can be really, really, you know, hard to, 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 hard to understand. Joining us in the studios when we come back is going to be David Rochester. I'm going to ask him a couple. He has a case where he gets a phone call. Now, David Rochester is a you know, certified advisor with the, with the firm. He does retirement planning. He's going to talk about retirement planning. And some of those signs are you're ready to retire. But he actually had a call from a client about his mother. And I want you two guys to talk about that particular case and how it was so easy to have a 90-year-old lady literally – literally about to send somebody 20, I won't even tell you how much, a lot of money. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest is Dale Irwin with the Better Business Bureau. And joining us now in the studios is David Rochester. David's going to be talking about signs that you're ready to retire in a few minutes. Get a lot of questions about that. But before we do that, David, we were kind of talking about this, you know, as we were kind of thinking about the program and working with Dale and going through, I mean, Daniel and going through that. Dale Irwin, I don't know why I wanted to say Dale Irwin. Can't imagine. You can't imagine. <laughs> That's just one of those things that slips off. You know? yeah, well, but Daniel was helping us with that. But now, David, you had a case where you actually had a call. From a client that said, my mother, and, yeah. and describe it to us. Yeah, Daniel, I want to run this by you. So uh, this was really unusual. We hear about the scams a lot. But this is one where uh, an elderly lady who's a widow got a call from an individual representing a well-known sweepstakes company. We would all know the name if I mentioned it. And they publish stuff, so let's just put it that way. The publishing sweepstake yeah. place. Yeah, that's one of those places. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. And basically led her to believe that uh, if she would get some gift cards, they could take that information and enter into this sweepstakes, and she was going to be a big winner. It was pretty well a set deal. So she bought multiple gift cards, put the maximum limit on those, about $500. And once she got those, she, she got a call back from this same, let's call it an agent, saying, well, we need the information off the back of there, and we'll go ahead and get you entered. And as soon as those numbers were relayed, they wiped out the gift cards, and the money was gone. Now, a follow-up to that, this evidently was a pretty smooth-talking person. They also talked her into almost wiring a significant amount of money out of their bank. So the point is, is they, they got it. They, they got a hook in her, and they kept going. Talk about that. Right, and they're going to keep going until you stop. Uh, they go to the well till it's dry. Uh, the scam you're referencing, we call, we'll call it the PCH scam. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we, all, we all know what, what <laughs> company we're referencing. Uh, it is, uh, it's not new. It's been around for Wait a while. guys, I don't think there's anything compliance-wise that we can't say this. Public Clears and House. Publishers they were, Clearing House. Right, so they were um, representing as a scammer, not the, right. they were not representing 
public clarity. You know, the it clarity is one act. of the most popular scams we hear about. It's been around for a while, but it is coming back with a vengeance, and it targets elderly people. Now, you know what? Let me say this before you go forward, because you mentioned this to me, and I talked about the fact that I've got people where I work with that are elderly clients that are, you know, that, here's what, and you kind of said they, they target that elderly person. Now, listen, folks, everybody listening, you've got people that you know, You've got people that you, your family members, your neighbors, your church members that are susceptible. This was not an, an unintelligent lady. This very, was very sharp very lady. Very sharp lady. Yes. But it was a phone call. And you said this guy came across as the nicest, most, I mean, most cordial. He, he, was a, he was a scammer, professional scammer. Right, right. They, they are, that's what they do. Just like you go to work, you go to work. These people, their job is to scam people, and they're very good at it, and they're very convincing. One of the reasons why it is such a um, scam that, that is perpetrated so often and is so prevalent is because they use isolation, especially with COVID, and elderly people haven't had a lot of contact with the outside world. Uh, I'm guessing this gentleman that you're referencing that called the woman, uh, he probably spoke to her. Sometimes oh, maybe for hours. Regularly. The only contact she's had with the outside world. He'll probably call and ask her how her grandkids are doing. Right. Uh, simple conversation. Um, and and so they is, need that simple conversation. They do. Uh, just to give you an idea of how prevalent this scam is in our community in Memphis, so far in 2021, we've had 63 reports of this particular scam for a loss of $155,000. Um, so, so, Daniel, what... Okay, of course, we want to be proactive about this, but sometimes you can't. You have to be reactive. How, right. do, how do we help people deal with that from a proactive and if we have to a reactive standpoint? Right, so it's really hard. One of the things that scammers do, they use isolation, but they also they, they need immediacy. immediacy. They want you to, to act right then and there. They try to tell you, don't tell anybody. Act, act, act. The number one thing you can do is just take a moment, relax, sit back, and think about it. Okay. Um, which is often hard to do when it's an elderly person that you're not, you know, you're not in constant communication with, or you may not be there to, 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 to watch out for them. That's right. But what we tell people is, is if you get a phone call, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's an unsolicited phone call, don't engage. All right. Let's start with that. Don't engage. You've got some tips that the Better Business Bureau have said. Here's four, five things that you need to be sensitive to in their time remaining. Let's nail them. So the first thing is never give out your personal or account information to someone who calls or texts you. If the you word is never. Never. If you didn't initiate contact, do not engage. Uh, be careful when searching for customer support phone numbers. Only go to the source for those numbers. Check the real website. Don't just Google AT&T. Wow. Because you never know who you're getting. Uh, be aware that fake ads are in search engine results. Again, Go to the source directly. Go to a business's real website to get their customer okay, service Let me make number. sure everybody understands. When you, I do a search engine, I'm looking for X, and it comes up. What I think is what I'm looking for may not be what I'm looking for. Right. Scammers create false search results. And then look good. Right. And false websites, too. So you have to be really, really careful. That's why, again, go to AT&T's website. Don't just Google it. And the other thing to know is that you can't trust your caller ID. Uh, oftentimes, when, when you think you're getting a phone call from Publishers Clearinghouse, it'll show up on your caller ID as Publishers Clearinghouse. That's spoofed. You cannot trust caller mm. ID. Okay. Wow, this is uh, so critical. If you just tuned in, we're talking with Daniel Irwin. He is the Director of Public Relations at the Better Business Bureau 
and he is helping us understand some tips. Now, he said, never give out your personal, never, that's a big word, give out personal or account information to someone who calls or texts you. Be careful when you're searching for customer support. Beware of fake ads and search engines. What's next? I think I know what it is. Never pay without using a credit card. Correct. And the number one thing is no government agency will ever demand that you pay via gift card or cryptocurrency. That's just a no-no. Okay. So so put that, those five, it, you know, the key is if you, if you want to talk with Daniel or you've got an issue, you can always reach him. 759-1300 is the Better Business Bureau. 759-1300. What... What's the biggest impact? What do you see coming down the road? What's next? So we're on the lookout for child tax credit scams. Uh, just like with the uh, with the payments, with, with the stimulus payments, right. uh, scammers are coming. Um, you're going to be bombarded with texts, with phone calls. They're all going to be uh, people trying to, to take your money and your information. They're going to offer uh, to do all sorts of things from uh, register you for the child tax credit to get you more money. Uh, and that's just not, it's just not true. Steal your money and steal your identity. Right. They want your money, but they're also going to make money off your identity. Uh, right. Oftentimes, they make more money off of your social security number by selling it to other scammers than they do just the, the $1,000 that they, they scam from you. So they're, they're after your money, but they really want your personal information because that's where they make their money. Daniel, I'll tell you what I want to do. Let's, uh, let's look at each other and say we're going to get back in the middle of September first. I want to know how the summer ends. And how we're doing. But if you need to talk to Daniel or you just got a question, listen, folks, 759, it's 901 759 1300. That's the Better Business Bureau. Daniel Ordwin, Director of Public Relations. Daniel, always a great job, man. This is such an important su- subject. And I mean, it, I just feel so like uh, uh, vulnerable, you know, taking advantage of. And I'm smart, you know. Uh, well, okay, no, no comments, no comments. But I know people that are thinking about it. So just let's do it. All right. Let's go through that process. David, we're running out of time, man. But I want to start. Nice to see you, Jim. (laughs) Nice to see you. We we talked a lot about, you know, the scamming. But give us, I mean, there are four signs that you're ready to retire. What's the number one? I'd say number one is have you evaluated what your income source is going to be? And for most people, that is at least Social Security. Many people say, well, I haven't got my Social Security statement lately. And that happens. So you've got to go find it. And when we're talking about the complexity of Social Security, Social Security can be complex when you claim it, how you claim it, those type things. So, you know, I'd encourage everybody, if you haven't gotten your Social Security statement recently, to go to www.ssa, which is short for Social Security Administration, .gov, and get access to your statement. Now, there will be some login requirements and so forth. It's a little complex, but once you get in there, then you'll be able to look at it again. So, Get access to your statement. Now, here's the next thing you got to keep in mind is, is when you claim. So not just the how much that you'll determine from the website, but when do you claim. And a lot of people say, well, how early can I claim? 62. You can start claiming at 62. There's a cost for doing that. The earlier that you claim, the smaller the checks. For most people, you would want to wait until full retirement age, or you'll, you'll hear the acronym FRA, full retirement age, which for most individuals is somewhere between 66 and 67. If you were born 1960 or later, it's 67. Prior to that, it'll be somewhere 66 or 66 and some months. So you need to look at that and say, all right, when's my best time? What determines that? Well, obviously, income needs determines that. What's your income need? But also, what's your expectation for longevity? I know we can't know that specifically, but you can kind of look at family history, your current health, just how you're doing emotionally and 
anticipate how long you may need these checks. The longer you're going to need them, the more sense it makes to delay taking your Social Security check. You say, well, why does it make more sense? The longer you wait up until age 70, then the bigger the checks will be when you turn those on. So delaying many times makes sense, right? Um, you know, another thing to keep in mind is we're talking about income needs. Do you have a budget? Well, I tell you what, hang on to that subject. Okay. Because I want to talk about that because so many people think about budgeting, and the problem is it's think about budgeting. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. going to build up. I'm going to work. And, you know, when you talk to people, you try to figure out, do you have a budget? Well, I know people that say, yeah, I got one. And then they start really looking at it, and it goes, oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble. So when we come back, okay. I want to really dive into that and understand that. Hey, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with David Rochester. We're talking about signs. That really, are you ready to retire? That's the question that so many people ask. Are you ready to retire? Stay with us. You don't want to miss the rest of the program. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Daniel Irwin, the Better Business Bureau, Anna Wilcox, F.E. Johnson, or Neighborhood Christian Center. The views and opinions expressed are those of Daniel Irwin, Anna Wilcox, and F.E. Johnson only, and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM, the Mighty 990, FM 107.9 and AM 990. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And of course, I am talking with David Ronchester. He is a retirement income certified professional. We were talking earlier, David, about the fact that Social Security is the kind of the foundational part to retirement. You, you, you lay it out. You get, And I hate to say this. I know that most of the people that we talk to, uh, Social Security becomes a somewhat of a confusing idea of what you got to do. You were clearly explaining it. But I know people are going, okay, do I retire? Do I get it early? Do I wait to seven? You know, and it's difficult. It is. And, and it really comes down to how much income are you going to need or can you get during retirement? You say, well, I don't know. So Social Security is one source for most people. You may have a source of a pension. You may have dividend-paying investments or interest. You may have rental income. There's just a lot of things that generate income. But the second part of the equation you've got to keep in mind is, is what are your expenses? If you don't have enough income to cover your expenses, there's a good chance you could run out of money. And so you got to work through that. You've you got work to figure that out. By now, the way, we have prepared a, a PDF, Five Ways to Stay Confident in Retirement. And all you have to do is go to the Shoemaker Financial Facebook page, search for the document on our post. If you would like it, to just simply print it out. It's free. Five Ways to Stay Confident in Retirement. David, Social Security, I want to give you your number out, 757-5757. People need to, I mean, Social Security, honestly, I think freezes a lot of people because it, it's such a plethora of information and you're trying to nail it down. You said you got to figure it out, but then you got to have a budget. Well, you just put two big, I mean, that's like pulling two boulders that's down That's exactly road. right. Now, the word budget scares a lot of people because they see it as being overly restrictive, but it can be very freeing. The key thing you're trying to do is, is evaluate and determine what your expenses are going to be in retirement. Some are going to be variable expenses like travel 
and, you know, Christmas and things like that, but some are going to be relatively fixed. And that's your, you know, your health care. I'd say probably is the one in most people's mind is just the sheer cost of paying for health care, medical expenses. Maybe you have a car loan, maybe you have a mortgage, but and then just other fixed expenses. You got to add it all up and see how that compares to your income. You may decide that some of those expenses you want to pay off before you retire, such as your mortgage or a car loan or some type of high interest debt. Might be a good idea to go ahead and get those off your plate so that you can live on the remaining fixed income. Now, let me just say this also you've got to keep in mind that there are some things that are not going to change much, and that's your medical expenses. They're going to stay relatively steady, so you want to control that. It is about evaluating that. Now, I want to talk about what if you're short. So let's say, and I'm going to give you a hypothetical example, that you don't have enough guaranteed income to meet your expenses. What do you do? Now, I mentioned maybe paying off some expenses like a mortgage debt or a car debt, but there's some other things you need to keep in mind. Here's an example I'm going to use for you, and it really means do you have enough money saved up? I'm not talking about necessarily cash in the bank. I'm talking about your overall investment portfolio that's going to meet your needs during retirement. Well, so let's say we're short, and I'm going to use a hypothetical. Let's say you've got $20,000 per year of income coming in from your sources, but your expenses are $50,000 a year. You're you're $30,000 per year short. How do you make that up? I mean, you look at it and say, well, I could deplete my assets very, very quickly, and that's true. So what's enough? How, How do I know if I'm even close? So here's an example. If you use kind of a general rule of thumb, if you spend at about a 4% rate of your investment portfolio. So if I needed an extra, in this example, and I'm going to use $20,000 as my shortfall, I needed an extra $20,000 a year. If I had $500,000 saved up, I spent it at a 4% rate, that will generate my $20,000. Now you have to take taxes and all that into consideration, but that's a way to, to look and say, well, you know, I don't have 500000 to meet that gap to generate that need. Then you got to look at alternatives. Maybe you need to work a little longer, reduce some expenses. So it's all one big picture, but you've got to work out the finite it's details. It's a whole lot of things that make that one big picture come exactly together. Right. It's kind of like a puzzle that you're trying to put together, and you've got a visual of what you want to see. you got the cover of the box. That's a great example. But you got to work on it, and that's hard to do. And there's so, a lot of pieces to it. It's not just one piece to the puzzle. All right. Now, this emotional side of retirement. You've talked about that. I love the way you talk about that. That is such a critical part. Well, you know, we all think we're going to be ready for retirement, but what does that mean? And and here's my question is, are you retiring from something or are you retiring to something? You know, literally, we know that work can be frustrating. The environment we're having to work in today can be frustrating. But if you're just retiring from something. Some of the people you work with can be frustrating. Yeah, I won't even go yeah, there. No, we won't go there. <laughs> uh, but here's the point. You need to have something that you're that's going to keep you engaged. You know, you think about it from a health perspective. If you're not engaged, what do you do? You sit and you soak and you go stale. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do that. And so what's next? What's the next stage or the next act in life going to look like? And that needs to be planned in advance, not after you've turned in your termination and had the retirement party. So determine what's next. Spend time preparing for that years in advance, not months in advance. Are you talking about hobbies? You're talking about, sure. I'm going to play golf seven days a week or whatever. You that's know, I thought the about, emotional That's side. a great point. I, I thought about this, Jim. I was doing some, some quick math, and I thought, okay, let's say you worked 40 years. Depending on when you started working, you worked 40 years. And on average, you worked 40 hours per week. And you, let's just assume with vacations, you work 45 weeks per year. So for 40 years, you will have worked 72,000 hours. 
Boy, I tell you what, I've definitely gonna, done that. What are you going to fill seventy two thousand hours up with with the next four next years of your life? life yeah. yeah, and it's hard for some people. It is. I mean, golf is a great hobby on Saturdays. Do you want to play six hours a day, six days a week? Yeah. Or do you whatever your other hobbies may be? Maybe with your grandkids. Grandkids are great, but most people want to send them home after a little while. Do you want to spend all your time with them? So, having that planned out, have a picture of what you want retirement to look like. You know, I was reading something from the economic policy analysis from the Schwartz Center, and it was so important because I thought, man, this was what we're dealing with. Between March of 2020 and June of this year, June of 2021, 1.7 million more Americans retired from the workforce than have ever than they would have normally retired. And that's and that is literally off the charts with the number of people retiring. And we're going to keep seeing that because we know the baby boomers are retiring, I believe the number's around 10,000 yeah. per year. They're yeah. reaching that age. Yeah. And so that's a lot getting added on a program. David, I want to take the few minutes that we got left. The biggest issue so many people talk about is this idea behind health care needs, medical insurance. I was reading that 12% of U.S. retirees, one out of eight will spend at least four years in a, in a nursing home. My goodness. And so think about that. And that, that's a statistic that I got from the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Bottom line is planning for that is a part of what you're talking about. Am I ready to retire? Can I You've retire? got to consider that's a, that's a large expense. We've had four members of our family who have spent time in nursing home, and I can tell you that is a very expensive cost. And if you haven't planned for that, that can be a huge drain on your retirement resources. Money that was anticipated you would use for your hobbies and your travel and spending time with your family may get spent on the cost of medical care like you're describing, and it could deplete portfolios. You know, you 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 do such a good job of that, that calming you know, thought process. Because I can tell you people, when they get to this phase of their life, am I ready to retire, it can create all kind of anxiety. It creates stress. stress. Now, we don't think about it because we've been planning for this for so long, but then the sheer stress of... Now I'm on top of it. What do I do now? And, All right. And so. David Rochester, his telephone number is 757-5757. He's talked about four signs. You're ready to retire. You evaluated your Social Security. And that is a job. you got to do that. Give him a call. Then you've decided to create a budget. Now, you know what? I can tell you this. When we created a budget at the Shoemaker household, it's a work. And uh, I can do it with a flip of a switch. Hmm. It's not that easy for Miss Linda. And so it's a it's a communication thing, and I think you talked about that. Oh yeah, that. I'll be ha- and I'll be happy to remind her you said that. Yeah, as just well. so well, she's yeah. listening. So, so she'll, okay. I'll get the phone call. Yeah, you know it is. It's but it is a team effort, and that's the main thing. And the team may be the husband wife. There may be other people to be involved. Absolutely, you've right. got you know professionals that should be involved in this process. You know, so there's it maybe even in your kids yeah. that need to be involved. In that. Then number three, know that you've saved enough. And number four, the emotional side of retirement. Boy, that's so tough. We have prepared for you five ways to stay confident in retirement. It's a PDF. Go to the Shoemaker Financial Facebook page. Search for the document in our post. There you'll be able to view the document. If you'd like to print it, just download the PDF and print it. It's, It's basically something I think that you will find to be interesting. Stay confident in retirement. Five ways to stay confident. Thanks, David. Excellent job. Thank you, it Jim. is all about really being prepared and then answering the question, am Thank I you. ready? It's always a fun time spending with you here. Thank you, sir. Well, coming up next, I am very, very blessed today to have two lovely ladies in the studio. 
They are going to talk about what's going on in our city, how we need to really approach the city. They're from the Neighborhood Christian Center. President and CEO Effie Johnson and Anna Wilcox, Communications and Development Manager. You don't want to miss this part. It is about the city, the city we love, Memphis. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the mighty 990. My guest, Effie Johnson, Anna Wilcox, they are from the Neighborhood Christian Center. I mean, a ministry here in our city that is so dear to my heart. It is the one that has been around for a long time, consistently ministering to the needs of the children of our city. So, ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Jim. They are brightening up the studios in a great way. Uh, Effie, I want to talk with you first. I mean, this is, uh, you have been so involved with the Neighborhood Christian Center. Uh, a 30-second overview of NCC. Well, so our mission is to guide those in need towards stability and sustainability through compassionate and Christ-centered ministries and empowerment programs. And so that's what we formally say is our mission. And our our mission um, just every day is to create relationships with people in need, um, whether it's from a chronically poor um, situation of generationally poor or someone that finds themselves in in an emergency, emergency need um, that particular day or week. And so um, Neighborhood Christian Centers is there for our, for our neighbors and um, helps them through their, their toughest times. And you are, you know, you, I guess I need to say this, you are the daughter <laughs> of the founding parents yes. <laughs> that are dear friends of mine. I know. Just wonderful people. So it's amazing how they did a good job, didn't they? They you did don't a great job. Get, <laughs> so, they did all right. Yeah, I mean, they did all right. They did all right. They did all right. <laughs> I like it. That's perfect. You know, that's my friend over the time. <laughs> that's great, Ellen. That's perfect. But no, tell us the fact, the fact that your mom, I mean, you know, just yes. Joanne is, was such a, she was so instrumental in my life. Mm-hmm. And she started the program how long ago? Oh, this is 44 years now, uh, 40. this year. Uh, we'll be actually having a big telethon celebrating that um, in November. And so we're just very proud of the work that she and my father uh, invested in having us um, build this ministry to become what it is today. All right. With the background, the history and what's going on, you are now into the, you know, the reality that last year was at best a devastation to mm-hmm. us as a city, to people. I mean, socialization. I mean, I, I just think about it, and, and we've talked to several other ministries that have struggled through. I mean, Zoom was, okay, Zoom was fine, but mm-hmm. Zoom was not personal interaction with people. Mm-hmm. School was tough. What do you face coming up with this fall? Well, because we serve in high concentrations of um, a group grouping, so we're, a lot of our work is in sexual housing developments. We have 11 locations, and six of the lo- locations are in housing developments where you have high concentrations of people. So our challenge is that um, we have a lot of children. They're not vaccinated. <clears throat> We're working hard with campaigns to get um, many of those parents um, vaccinated, grandparents, uncles, aunts, um, but that is a challenge right now. And um, as as there's um, lesser, not as much vaccination as we need to uh, to to uh, turn the tide 
um, of um, people being able to walk around free without masks, that creates a challenge for our people to serve uh, and bring them into our into our um, into our um, um, facilities to do after school programs, to do our summer camps, um, to do door to door services, and so uh, where we haven't stopped doing it, it has really radically reduced how we engage with those, and we are a very relationally driven organization. So those have been high high challenges for us. Coming off of that as well, I think last year we were able to build, you know, virtual lab assistants and to house our students in um, their online schooling issues. But our students lost a lot of just daily, you know, education progress. Um, We've seen quite a bit of regression within our students um, academically. Also, you know, Food-wise, nutritionally, you know, NCC had to step in and really care for those students in that way. So as we move into a new school year, we are really trying to focus on helping our students gain back some of the momentum that they may have lost over the past year doing virtual schooling. If you just tuned in, my guest, Anna Wilcox, Effie Johnson, Effie is the president and CEO of Neighborhood Christian Centers, Anna Wilcox, communications development manager. Bottom line is, folks, let me give you the number, 901-881-6013. 881-6013. This is a ministry with a history of consistency ministering to our city. And this is a time when we as a city need to embrace. We can, you know what the problem I sometimes get so frustrated with, we get all frustrated with what's going on and so we criticize. Well, this is somebody we don't need to criticize. This is somebody we need to come along and lift up their arms and their hands for what they're doing. They are making a difference and we need to be involved. Eight eight excuse me, six eight one. No, it's eight eight one, right? Eight eight one. Yes. Six oh one three. That's the neighborhood Christian Center. Effie, you talk about this and you guys and I know you, you the whole school year. Your after-school programs, what do they look like and what are you expecting for this year? Well, pre-COVID, what they looked like was that students came after school between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock every day. Uh, we offered uh, I remember programs. going down there. They're all working on computers. <laughs> yes. They're all learning to work on computers. Right. But you could sense the energy. <clears throat> That's right. Tremendous mm-hmm. energy. And we have reading programs. We have pe- we had people coming and doing reading time with our students. Uh, we had games and activities, uh, outdoor activities. So uh, when you're living in certain uh, properties where you don't have a lot of that going on, we wanted, we create space and time for them to be able to, to release some of that energy. Uh, we have Bible clubs. Uh, we have um, financial literacy programs, all these different things that we do for the students and their parents. Uh, we have adult programs as well. Uh, and so uh, in the midst of where we are with COVID, um, a lot of this has had to change. We've had, we have been adaptive in doing the online or the Zoom classes and sessions, but those are much more challenging. Um, there's a um, um, technology gap um, where, uh, or what we call the, um, I forgot the divide now, I'm trying to think about it, um, the, but it's the internet divide where, sure. there, where yeah. there's um, less, uh, less access. And, and so uh, we've had a lot of challenges with um, helping people access um, technology in the way they need to and how you use it um, prior to, to COVID. So that's been a challenge um, and something we've been working toward helping people. And improve. that's so critical. Now, I know you always talk about something called it's more than just a handout. It's a hand up. It's a hand up. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Well, it's a hand up because, first of all, people are, are people, 
and no one wants to always feel like you're giving them something. They want to do something for themselves. And so there's dignity and, and um, integrity amongst the families that we serve and the, and the people we serve. They just happen to be poor. And so um, we're working um, when we're working with hand up. It means that we are identifying that you do have some deficiencies. You do have some problems. There might be some generational poverty issues, might be bad, some behaviors uh, on with money management or how you manage your household or whatever that's been transferred from generation one generation to the next, and you don't know that it's not the best practice. And so a uh, hand up means that we are willing to come to your home. We're willing to bring your children into our spaces and begin to help lift you so that together you can you can move forward and it's not about just a toxic giving. I'll tell you about a campaign that we're we're doing right now and Anna can elaborate as well. Um but it's our on time kickoff. Um, um I'm trying to make sure I say it right. On time campaign. And the on time campaign means that we're encouraging every parent and their children to be enrolled and go to school the first day. Be on time. Not just on time for school, but be on time to fill out the forms and to get everything enrolled, all enrollments. And why is that a challenge? Is because we have known families that we're serving um, that maybe have held their child out three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks before they've actually registered them for school. In some cases, I know there's many more, but I know one specific case where the child did not even go to, well, there's about five cases where they didn't go to online school. Uh, and they've missed the entire year um, just because the parent didn't enforce it, and now they've lost a whole year of school. So this is important for us. This is important. That's hard to recoup. It's hard. Anna, how can we help you? The, the development, you're in charge of that. What do people need to understand? They need to send her money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You send me whatever you want. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I think as we move into school year, we obviously have a school supplies drive going on right now as well. You can find Neighborhood Christian Centers actually on Amazon. We have a list on Amazon. People can go on there and see what our students need. Everything from backpacks to, you know, loose leaf paper to rulers, everything like that. Um, you can find us there. It's also listed on our website. Additionally, um, just moving as we move into school year, we want to make sure that our children have the needs and the uh, the things that they need for our after school programs. Um, any additional support there would be great. Bottom line is they need to be involved. Yes, and that's the key. Eight yes. eight eight one. That's eight eight one six zero one three. Neighborhood Christian Center. You've been listening to KWAM. Boy, the time flies, guys. I hate to tell you. But uh, the Mighty 990, FM 107.9, AM 990. I want to thank my guest. Of course, Daniel Orwin was here earlier from the Better Business Bureau. Anna Wilcox and Effie Johnson. Their telephone number one more time. I want you to make sure you get it. 881-6013. Of course, David Rochester, 757-5757. To get, find a copy of the PDF, Five Ways to Stay Confident. In retirement, you can go to the financial Facebook page and just download it. It's free. No problem. Next week, Drew Johnson, misconceptions about bonds. Scott Jordan's going to talk about portfolio construction. And Dane Williams is here about making sure your home's insured properly. Stay with us. We appreciate you being here. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and David Rochester are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.